0: I'm Rev. Starlette Thomas, host of the Raceless Gospel Podcast, which is sponsored by New Baptist Covenant. Since 2007, Baptists have responded to President Jimmy Carter's invitation to tear down barriers in communities previously marked by division, communities estranged in apathy. The movement called New Baptist Covenant invites us all to become bridge builders. If you or your congregation are ready to respond to the call for reconciliation and healing, if you are prepared to pave the way for racial justice, if you're ready to walk in the way of love, then join the journey with New Baptist Covenant. Together, let's build bridges toward beloved community. Start online at newbaptistcovenant.org and on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Now I hear the bells calling me to church. Welcome all God's children. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go and talk about that taboo trinity, race, religion, and politics. Thank you for joining the Raceless Gospel Podcast, where word meets flesh, and where we gather to talk about the sticks and stones, the skin and bones of Christian discipleship and the structure of a church service. I am your host and podcast pastor, Starlett Thomas. on, On today's podcast, I am joined by the Reverend Dr. Leslie Copeland Toon, who is the Chief Operating Officer of the National Council of the Churches of Christ in the USA. She is a Baptist minister ordained to the gospel ministry 20 years ago. She serves on the board of the One America Movement, which seeks to end toxic polarization in our country, is a founding board member of Grace and Race Ministries, Incorporated, and has two justice-minded young adult children of whom she is very proud. Today we aim to talk about unity and the nouns, adjectives, and verbs that divide the body of Christ, though we are supposed to be one body, one flesh. Won't you pray for us? Amen. And do pray with me, God, undivided, though you come in three, a divine community, model of cooperation, trust, and hospitality, who does not play favorites, but treats us all equally, one God, one goal, one green light, one command to go into all the world, but not to divide and conquer, not claim and rename bodies to be made in the image of whiteness, not to claim the whole world is in socially colored white hands and for the taking full stop. That is another gospel, and we cannot unify around that message because we take your words and twist them into barbed wire that surrounds prisons of all kinds, use them to build walls to keep out what we refuse to love and accept about ourselves, and really high white picket fences to maintain our image of togetherness but we don't really have it together at all, or ever, though we feign otherwise in the world that calls for this performance. Won't you guide us toward the truth of who you are and who we are in you, apart from our masks and the stage and the audience that applauds for more, 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 more lies and less of ourselves, because the world does not identify as one flesh, one body, one boundless movement of your spirit. No, not yet. Because we love our image more, more, more. Though we crossed our hearts and were supposed to die with Christ in that baptismal water, somehow our images of your body and your church, our conclusions about right and wrong, who's in and who's out, keeps getting up and in the way of all that we say we are in you because we would rather be in power and in the majority than one flesh. Help us to submit our ego to the Imago Dei and then to put our hands in for your kingdom work, which does not push and pull, though it tugs at our hearts, because you made us one. In the name of the Christ who is our body, who calls us members one of another, we pray. Amen. 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 When I was growing up in the South, there was a time in the worship service when persons stood up within the congregation and bore witness to what God was doing in their lives. They were said to be giving their testimony. They began first giving honor to God, who is the head of my life, to the pastor, visitors, saints, and friends. And today, I I want to testify about one flesh and the mess we have made of it, about the divided confessions we make with our lips, because we ain't saying the same thing. We ain't talking about the same God. We ain't calling for the same salvation. We are repeating history, walking in circles, which is not to be confused with following Jesus. His is a clear path, a straight way, though we get turned around. We stop and ask for directions, though he has already showed us the way. We look at the Bible, twist it this and that away, hoping it will turn for us and on those who don't look and act this or that way. With swords and guns and unjust laws, we forced it upon others. With business meetings and votes, money and time, we have made Christ's body all mine. We keep him to ourselves. This is my church. My granddaddy built this church. My family runs this church. My kingdom come because I pay the most tithes in this church. The pastor will repeat after me or else the doors of this church will hit you on your way out of this church. But this, this is why so many Christians see their way out of this church. Because Christians can't even get along with Christians. Because we know the way. We bought the bricks and paved the way. We are called to show everyone else the way. Follow me, not Jesus. We treat Christ's body so poorly. Hasn't he gone through enough in crucifixion? Why do we crucify him again? Pin him down to one kind of people, one time of day and one place. Nail him down with our programmatic pace. This is not what he prayed for. Jesus prayed that we would be one, one flesh through his blood, one body, though many members, because baptism is not a dunking contest. We were to drink of one spirit and all competed identities be drowned, head down. I join Jesus in his prayer for us to be uno, with only one numero uno. Pray for me as I pray for us, church. Our scripture reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12 and verses 12 and 13. It reads this way, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were made to drink of one Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to introduce to some and present again to others my good friend and conversation partner, Leslie Copeland Toon. For today's message, we will engage in the tradition of call and response, a sacred back and forth about unity and all the ways that we fight against the reality that Christ prayed for. Feel free to join in as official members of the Amen Corner. Pray for us as we try to pull it all together as one flesh.
1: Amen. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: The first question up to bat is this one. I know you're going to knock it out the park. The church in North America has its differences. A traditional versus contemporary service, hymn singing versus praise and worship songs, Sunday best versus come as you are, red carpet versus blue carpet. But I digress. In your estimation, uh, why do you think that the church is known more for its divisions, for who and what it is against?
1: Um, don't forget the green carpet, people. My Lord Jesus. <laughs> um, I think, unfortunately, that the voice of the church has been hijacked by some, and because of how the media um, gravitates to controversy, that it has really widened the the divisions among us. Um, And then I think there are moments where we have not been willing to call out things like idolatry, for example, Say that. Uh, that we have coddled this word that has come up a lot this week, but we have coddled and um, allowed people to just think and do whatever because, you know, people haven't wanted to hurt their feelings or, uh, or whatever the case may be, uh, or they wanted to make sure that they maintain relationship as opposed to disciple people, that it has just caused even more confusion, right? So I think there's a way in which I would say, especially in America, um, and even I, I've heard from Canada and and they have this, um, civility kind of thing that um, that we do in the church where we're just gonna be nice, we're not gonna cause any problems, we're not gonna confront people necessarily, we're just gonna, you know, we don't wanna say you're, that's the white privilege right there, you're living in your privilege. We don't wanna confront evil in, a, in the way that it presents itself, especially uh, systemic evils, right? That really have more impact on us, my opinion, than who you're sleeping with or who you're married to or whether or not you have an abortion. Um, But people are more willing to talk about that than they are to talk about uh, some of the systemic evils that that really impact our lives on the day-to-day. And the thing about it is, which really drives me crazy is some of those um, divisive uh, in the line issues or whatever, that supposedly divide evangelicals versus their, you know, mainline or whatever case may be, um, like abortion and same-sex marriage, I find that a lot of the people who say abortion is wrong or same-sex marriage is wrong won't talk to the people who, like, they'll talk about them, but they won't talk to them. So that's not discipleship, right? So that. That's just condemnation. and there is no condemnation in Christ. And so I think we've allowed these divisions to to not only further um, keep the the church separated, we haven't kept the main thing, the main thing, mm. right? The main thing is the gospel of Christ. The main thing is the salvific, nature of what Christ did when he died on the cross for us. Right. So that, that should, you know, whatever we disagree on, that should be a point in a place where we can be united, but instead we're allowing these other things to just really, really keep us divided. So I think that honestly is a tool of the enemy um, and that we fall into this trap as opposed to figuring out, okay, like, how do we really overcome this? Like, is this really, these are not heaven or hell issues, right? Like that, if you read the Bible, these are not heaven or hell issues. But if you listen to the news media, <laughs> it's a Go heaven ahead or hell and step issue. in it. Step in it today. So it's, and, and so if we could just stop, you know, it's kind of like stop the nonsense, right? Like mm-hmm. this is not a heaven or hell issue. And if this is, what you believe or what you embrace on either side, there's no reason that you can't have uh, the Bible talks about let us reason together, right? There's no reason not to come together into reason. There's no reason if I like praise music and you like hymns, Um, I should at least be able to appreciate a hymn, you know, because that's what got my grandparents over. That's what got before there was praise music. Right. So even if that's not where I go to for my own devotion and worship time, I should at least be able to appreciate it. I should be at least be able to appreciate high liturgy if I'm in a church that doesn't do liturgy. Um, And so that doesn't have to divide us. And these other issues don't have to divide us either. But the whole issue of idolatry and white nationalism uh, or Christian nationalism has seriously divided the church at this point. And I think it it behooves us to get, some of us at least, to get away from the golden calf. (laughs) It's Mm. like you are dancing around a golden calf. Do they know they're naked? I don't think they know. Okay. Okay. Do they know they're exposed and everyone can see them and all their business? It boggles my mind. Honestly, some of this really has boggled my mind. And it hurts me because honestly, I feel like I'm more of an evangelist. Mm -hmm. Um, Like part of my the justice work that I do um, is because I'm an evangelist. Like so I feel like this is our public witness to Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that there's this way that we're showing up with people Um, who are marginalized, who are mistreated, who are um, discriminated against. Like we show up in those places and spaces, not just because we want to be nice people, but because this is where Christ would be. This is where Jesus would be in the streets. Jesus would be, you know, marching with the protesters around George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Like, there's no, I just do not, do not believe that Jesus would be sitting around praying as opposed to showing up in the places and spaces where people are most hurt, where injustice like that has been done um, because that's what we read in the gospels about yeah. who Jesus is. So I don't understand how we... Not us, but we as a Christian community uh, more broadly have abdicated that for nonsense. Like, yeah, but we take pride in our divisions. We take we pride in who we are against.
0: There where are is some. Jesus in that? I don't
1: Jesus, think Jesus, the friend is... of
0: sinners. How do we get to that? Jesus, the friend of sinners, where we feel Jesus
1: like we are better than him. Wait, Jesus, the friend of sinners, including us, because some of these people, they don't think their sin in white is right. They don't, they do not. Um, and it's, you know, uh, God, uh, opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Like, I think that people don't identify, uh, pride in the same way as their their issues right like they'll embrace this issue they have no humility like how do christians now have humility how like i just don't get that because the story we tell is that but for the grace of god (laughs) you know i was lost and now i'm found you would think so you would think that humility cancels it out yeah humility cancels out this belief in white supremacy but it doesn't exactly and doesn't it just boggle your mind it's like what in the world is happening right now So then you have to it's hard because, you know, God knows the heart. I do believe that. But you're like, but this is crazy. So, you know, (laughs) what do you do with this? Do I need to disciple? Like here's, you know, those who believe confess with their mouth. Like, do you start from the beginning? Like, this is what it means. to. We might need a do over. We might need a conversion do over because I think folks have have mixed up their conversion narratives. I think so it, it it at least it feels like it I yeah, mean because if you
0: think Jesus' way is the American way, then you've confessed you're saying the wrong confession you've mixed the two together something has gotten into your into the into the baptism
1: pool that shouldn't be there it's yeah. been tainted yeah and there's just and I know this is controversial for some people America is not mentioned in the Bible get out of here. You don't say. And Jesus was not speaking English. My God, <laughs> shock and awe. I know it's shock and awe. So is America not the
0: kingdom of God? Is it not the promised land?
1: Get out of here. It's. It is. We don't have any evidence that the land of milk not and of honey here. is is what we have made it. And even no, there's just no that it's. <laughs> that's not what it is. And if you consider all that has happened um, in the United States, right? Even how we were birthed. Why would we have this American exceptionalism without repentance? Yeah. Like, you know, why would we not start with the basics of what we would do uh, as Christians, right? Like the first thing you have to do, which is also a signal uh, we don't know everybody who's saved, but we know if somebody says, I don't even ask God for forgiveness, ah, my Lord, Jesus. probably a problem. Help us. Um, so, you know, but that that's, you know, I, I confess with my mouth, you know, I believe in my heart, but I, the confession is the repentance. I am a sinner. Right. Um, and so this country that has devastated communities um, that enslaved people that, Made sure certain people had less resources, made sure they couldn't live in certain places and spaces, Um, had them live in an environmentally unsafe neighborhood and still do. Yeah. They still don't have clean water water in in Flint. And so, how do we see that as Christians and not know that part of our responsibility? that the kingdom of God is on earth as it is in heaven is to make sure people have clean water, that people have clean air, that what they need in terms of food. I mean, honestly, um, I I was almost in tears over this $600 versus $2,000 stimulus money during this global pandemic. What can you do with $600? Now, okay, $600 is better than nothing, but you had to deliberate for eight months or however many long, however many months. And you came up with six hundred dollars because they don't want to work. Who are you talking about? Like and it just so shows this disconnect um, between. Wait, some, isn't that less than two dollars a day? Child, please. <laughs> okay. I was just, you know, just doing Wait, it. math. If you even think about it, $2,000 after however many months, right? $2,000, most people around the country even at this point, that's probably either rent or you're going to pay your light bill, et cetera, and you're going to buy some groceries. It's not going to even last that long. So this notion that, you know, all of a sudden people aren't going to want to work or um, will get lazy and, and who are you talking about? First of all, over $2,000 is just offensive. And then for people who are Christians, I think this is the bigger um, travesty to me that people who are Christians would embrace that kind of line of thinking without any kind of question. Like we, we see the people in the food pantry line. Mm-hmm. We ha- get the calls from people who are, um, need help making the, the bills or pay the electric bill or, or, you know, need help with rent for that month. Those are the calls we get. Those are the people who we have to yeah. try to minister to and help. And so the fact that we Christians and again, not us, but that there would be, you know, any Christian who would say, yeah, they're not going to want to work it what are you talking about? $2,000. <laughs>
0: But doesn't that say something? Jesus said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. But Christians often don't love each other, much less their neighbor. So what do you find to be the biggest challenge or impediment to Christians in relation to each other? How can we get along with everybody else? We don't get along with each other.
1: I go to eight o'clock service, you go to 11, I'm better. So I think, I mean, this is part of of why I think this is a moment for us to grieve and maybe do some sort of reset as a church. Um, You have to, some of this, I don't think you have to be older in order for this to be true, but there is a way when you've journeyed with people, when you've seen that things are not black and white, when you've been uh, served at a church, like you've been, you've served at many churches, right? So, you know, you hear people's stories, you journey with them, you watch their growth, um, you see God working on them, yeah. transforming them, changing them, and then to the stories part. There's some things that you you hear about that people go through that is just like wow, you know, it's like heartbreaking. So if you are always right, if everything is perfect in your life, if you've never had a struggle or the biggest struggle is. Where you going to vacation or whatever? And I don't mean to belittle people. I you're just not. don't understand that if you if you don't have compassion for people and love for people and empathy for people, then it's hard to love God's people as a whole. Do you but is I mean? that like, a
0: part. yeah? But isn't that a part of our theology? We ask people how they're doing. I'm I'm too blessed to be stressed. Or we say if I hear I won't complain one more time at a funeral, <laughs> huh? We not we're not gonna do that. And we already talked about this, how we canceling this is the day. That the this is the day. That the <laughs> Lord has We that's canceled. That's I don't wanna and I love, you know, we thank God for the Psalms, but there's
1: there's one third of them are lament. It is true. And and I have I posted something on Facebook, um, sometime around the pandemic, uh a couple a few months ago saying um, 2020 sucks, and I mean that in a <laughs> theological way. Right? Like I mean that in theological way. I mean, and that then from I my wrote, soul. <laughs> right? I spoke it from. I feel it in my spirit. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Because it's like, and it, and so I knew as soon as I posted, I as like somebody's going to put in the <laughs> comments, God is in control, yes. and I'm going to want to throw my shoe at them. <laughs> Social media, because I know God is in control. I'm not saying God is not in control. And I hate when we as a church yeah. negate the suffering. Yeah or the hurt that people experience or pain or whatever, because God is in control. I mean, if you read the Bible, if you read through the Psalms, if you read the prophets, Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. of them are wrestling with God. You Mm -hmm. know, Habakkuk, how long, God, will you let this go on? And will we have to cry out violence and you do not save? How long,
0: right? Because
1: Jesus was crucified and God was in control. Exactly. And John the Baptist had his head cut off. Come on. When Jesus, God was in let me control. stand up. Okay. <laughs> Whew, about to pass the plate. Okay. okay. Take me there today if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> so the point, you know, so loving one another doesn't yeah. mean platitude. That's it right. It doesn't mean, you know, if we, if we're believing what we're saying, that even when we're at our worst, God still loves us. And so how we do not um, extend that love to others is just, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, except, you know, um, that we just need some sort of reset. And we do need, you know, discipleship, the fundamentals of the faith, I think, so that we, that people have a better grasp mm-hmm. on um, on their own journey with God, so that they can extend it to others. Like, um, there's a scripture that talks about those who need grace. Uh, I'm misquoting it. Extend grace. Like, mm-hmm. if you need grace, extend, if, if you need mercy, it might be mercy instead of grace. But that there's a way in which we're supposed to exhibit what we yeah. want. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, there's no, it doesn't mean that you get to point a finger and condemn people who don't do the sins that you have under control.
0: My Lord Jesus. Right?
1: Because mm-hmm. that, I mean. No, that's true. Those are always the worst sins, the ones that you don't do. <laughs> and it's like, stop that.
0: They're going to have a meeting in the parking lot about us after this podcast uh answer me this like american voters the church is often split down the middle down the aisle if you will when it comes to issues of the heart that we've some of which we've touched on Um, but what do you make of the hyper politicization uh this blue and red churches situation we're in the patriotic gospel that is very much a part of the discussion and the discourse of of what it means to be a disciple because now you have to be a you have to be patriotic uh, in order to be a good christian how do we get there what do we do you were talking about this
1: reset. How do? What do we do? So let me just say, I believe, um, and I say this with all humility, that a patriotic church—there was even an article about it—is mm. just alive from the pit of hell. I, mm. There's just there's no such thing as a patriotic church. The church is the body of Christ. They're branches of Zion <laughs> that are built on the foundation Preach, that ma'am. Jesus died for our sins but he didn't stay dead he rose on the third day with all power in his hands in his hands and he rose with all power that we would go out and make disciples but that we would also that there's transformation you know the the acts you know wait on the holy spirit right that's right and so that is that is what the church is the church is um the body of Christ the church is not has nothing to do with the country that you're in is wow. there cultural context? yeah and I don't think God has a problem with cultural context but there is nothing about a patriotic church that is in my opinion consistent with God it says pray for your leaders that's right it doesn't say that your leaders, replace christ say that say that he he was the chosen one right okay the messiah and Mm. so you know america is not the messiah trump is not the messiah biden is not the messiah like uh, obama was not the messiah these are elected leaders right who we who lead us and we hope and you know we see now even more than ever how important it is to have good leaders <laughs> in place. <laughs> Jesus help us, Christ but mercy. we pray and we, we as it, being in a democracy means, and um, I've said this before, but that there's a special responsibility. I think that we have as Christians living in a democracy because we get the right to vote. We in America are able to advocate with our, Um, elected officials, local, state, and national level to enact policies that are just, right? That we want to see reflected, that helps the community that we serve. So I think there's a responsibility that we have that we shouldn't be divorced. And even if you wanna be, you really aren't from what's going on between the food pantry and the state house. Like there's this connection there that we need to not only recognize, but operate in. Even with all of that, yeah, yeah, we are not here for America. We are here as witnesses to say so, Christ. Say so. And so, I mean, you know, this whole idea that we're, you know, I know some people have flags, you know, I'm not saying take the flag out of whatever, but some people are more committed to, I pledge allegiance to the flag than. You know to christ and i think that we have to uh not be afraid to rebuke that element of the church and to really call them into correction that that is a place where we really need to call people uh to repent Mm -hmm. um to have the scales removed from their eyes Mm -hmm. and to turn around I'm your host and podcast pastor, Rev.
0: Starlette Thomas. We'll be right back with more of the Raceless Gospel from Good Faith Media. At The Christian Citizen, you'll find stories about justice, mercy, and faith. Our award-winning content is provocative, timely, and relevant. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. Listen to our free podcast. Connect with our community. The Christian Citizen. Prophetic, factual, diverse, intersectional. Join us today at christiancitizen.us. Thanks for making space for that church announcement. Now back to the rest of my back and forth with Leslie Copeland Toon. The church in North America or elsewhere just doesn't seem to be able to come together. Uh, Going into different directions, some pursue justice for the marginalized and impoverished people in their communities, while others follow after Caesar and mimic empire while praying God's kingdom come. The first disciples were described as followers of the way. What accounts for the confusion over which
1: way to go? So I would say um, some of this is we started listening to um, these Christian radio stations that were um, espousing, um, some political ideas covered in Christianity and Ah. we were deceived. Mm. Um, I would say, you know, unfortunately we have too often embraced concepts that are not Christian, but they have been stamped as Christian and we don't even interrogate that. Like, we yeah. don't even ask, well, how could this be Christian, right? So there's this whole idea, you hear people talking about, we're going to become socialists, you know, it's going to be a socialist country if you have health care. Um, so first of all, I've always like, uh, can you define what you mean by socialism? <laughs> because, That's right. That's right. Um, you know, we get every member of Congress has the health care already. You know, corporations got these huge tax cuts and they are living fat off the hog while people are um, struggling to eat in, in, in long lines, as we saw over Christmas, trying yeah. to get some food for a Christmas meal. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, and acts to there's nowhere. Let me say it like this first. There's nowhere in the Bible that it says free enterprise is Christian Come on, this is not in there. And so Teacher. we have embraced, some of us have embraced, you know, free enterprise versus socialism. And it doesn't make any sense that we say that mm-hmm. it's, it's not biblically correct. Right. And quite frankly, if you read acts two, they put all of the disciples, they put all their resources together so that no one went without. So that really is what some people would define as socialism. It's mm-hmm. certainly not capitalism. They didn't make people, they made sure nobody went without. I'm not suggesting we should be socialists and capitalists. I'm suggesting that we need to read the Bible Critically. And so when people are giving us notions and ideas, we at least need to have, you know, and we're both Baptists. So we need to have some sense of discernment of what, which way God would have us to go and how to live out our Christian faith in the context that we're in that does, that doesn't just um, really reflect empire. That just doesn't say, we're just going, and we're su- really supposed to be counter to empire. We're supposed to be breaking down these systems and these That's walls right. to bring people closer to a beloved community, the community of Christ, right? That's the right. fellowship of believers. We're supposed to be witnesses to people of the grace and the goodness of God. We're supposed to take care of our neighbors and love our neighbors. We're not supposed to put up walls. We're not supposed to separate children from their families. We're not supposed, and that. my God, if, we, if somebody is doing it, we ought to have the courage to speak out against it, because you can't tell me there is any way that God is okay with taking some little kids from their parents. Come on. Under any circumstance. Come on. That's just, that is evil. And it's generational trauma that we have caused as Americans, not us, but with those policies, generational trauma, it will take generations, to fix that just as we deal with generational trauma from slavery Mm -hmm. and you don't even wanna repent. You don't wanna talk about what it means to repair or to to have some form of reparation for the harm that you have caused and yet, you then want to say, oh, we, we the spirit has transformed our lives, so we're better Christians, and we hand out food, and we do this, but you won't get to the root causes of the issues. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that God is okay with that. And I think that is one of the things that we need to get together and um, really do a deeper dive. Um, and I will just say this, that some of this, I do believe, is because white supremacy is so intertwined with yes. uh the christian church in america so, yeah.
0: that it it is right up in this next
1: question go ahead go ahead go yeah, ahead it's, it's just it's all up in there and some people you know i've heard you've heard um and i think it, it bears repeating that people that white supremacy is and racism is so wound up into the fabric of america that people think when you're talking about it yeah you know yeah ending racism, ending white supremacy that you're talking about, you're confronting America. Mm-hmm. And that takes a heart and a mind change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so to your point, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote in Life Together, uh, Christianity means community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. He says, no community is more or less than this. And yet we know that some Christians believe that they are better than others, that white Christian nationalism describes Christianity in much different terms. How then do we unite or find a healing path forward when there is so much division in and through Jesus's name?
1: Yeah. Um, First of all, I hope everybody listening will read Bonhoeffer's life (laughs) Come on in here. Come on in here. (laughs) Because I have like every other sentence like highlighted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, one of the things that I think if we are talking about Bonhoeffer that I think is true for us in America, too, is they didn't wake up in Nazi Germany. That's right. right? It was a slow drip. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And next thing you know, boom, you know, people are in concentration camps being gassed. And I think that it's the same for us that there's a slow drip that's happening we see this rise in white supremacy we see this rise in hatred and vitriol and we have got to stop it and i don't think we do that by ignoring it or acting like oh that's just them or oh they have a few points um which is like ridiculous but that we have to really do some internal work um, as the church Um, and even local churches should be doing this work. Like, what is it that we're really saying, right? When we are mad about somebody saying black lives matter. Yeah. What what is that really about when we see on full display, the difference in how black people are treated and brown people are treated as well as other people. Like, as opposed to white people, like we see, it's right before our mm-hmm. eyes, and there's only so many times you can say, "Well, if he hadn't done this, if she hadn't done That's that." Right. That's um, right. when we see that people literally broke into the U.S. Capitol, <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> they, like knocked the doors, held the, the a parade, windows out. held a parade, doc, full with, with 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 flags and all, flags and all. It was such a uh, you know obscenity. It, yeah. and you cannot nobody white black whatever there no you cannot imagine a bunch of white uh, black people doing that you, it, you we can't walk through the streets without uh on military or whatever the case may be um, and just a very hostile atmosphere singing and shouting no justice no peace um as we'll get you arrested to, we'll get you arrested and I I think you know, the reality is, first of all, we need to be, as a Christian community, we really do need to be studying, um, I believe, the the word and have some biblical context, right? And ask the right questions, even if you're in, regardless of what church you're in, ask some questions about what it is you're reading. Do not stick with the scriptures that just tell you how great you are and how blessed you are that um, God loves you Please so much. Preach. Yes, God loves us, but that is not it. You know, if all we needed was salvation and that was the end of the story, Yeah. after you got saved, that would be, you know, God would rapture you or whatever. I don't know what the, uh, so there's some responsibility that God has for us. There's some, there's a public witness that we're supposed to have um, that we, we don't have at this point because We've been compromised. Yeah. You know, some yeast has got in. (laughs) Ooh. If you're (laughs) in the pulpit, I'd
0: slap your back. Come on in here (laughs) and speak a word.
1: There is yeast, right? I'm a cash out. (laughs) 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 Um, And we're laughing, but we could be crying. That's true. That's true. You know, if you understand what it means to have Jesus really changed your heart and your life, right? That you know, that you know, that you know, that you would not have made it if it had not been for God saving you, for God transforming your life, for the understanding and having a relationship, you know, if you understand what it means to, that Jesus died for our sins, right? Um, And asked us simply to be witnesses here. To to love the least of these, you know, and we go to the Matthew 25 scripture, scripture, which I think is is appropriate to do. Um, But I often say, you know, if you go through Matthew 23, he's like saying the Pharisees like, you know, uh, do not do what they say, but do not do what they do. Mm -hmm. Woe unto them. Mm -hmm. They're hypocrites. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the church people Mm -hmm. because they're more concerned with the law. Come on, law and order. (laughs) <laughs> come on, come on, Law and Order. You said it,
0: I didn't. I'm just helping you out. I'm helping. I'm preaching. Go ahead, go ahead. Isn't that what it is,
1: huh? <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's it's. Oh, uh, you're not supposed to say heal on the Sabbath day. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Jesus did it it. to be healed. Exactly. Jesus
0: did it. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you said though about this Christianity that only talks good about you. And I was right. I was writing because you're inspiring me, uh about this Christianity that coddles. Yeah. You know, and that keeps comfortable. And isn't that what they did with Trump? Oh, just yes. let him, you know, he doesn't have to concede, you know, he's upset right now. Let's just let him calm down. What what harm, what harm could it do? Right. Right. I mean, if the Capitol building, if Waltz could talk at the Capitol building, <laughs> what harm could it do? I See, mean, is furniture arm- thrown all
1: through here? Yeah, it's all blown up in their faces, but who didn't see it coming? Yeah, That's yeah, my thing. yeah. Like, you didn't have to be clairvoyant, even though I don't believe that. But, you know, you didn't have to have Gabriel blow a trumpet. You didn't have to have some deep revelation to see where this was going. Yes. I mean, let's just be honest. So you allowed it to happen. Some people are complicit in this. Oh, absolutely. And this whole notion that something is going to get better or not, or just disappear, um, or go away, or we can allow this, this grown man Uh time to, to, to recognize that he lost. Like, what are we really talking about here? All right. So Howard
0: Thurman, he asked this question in his book, the search for common ground. And I would love to hear your response. Uh, is the pull toward community both within myself and the world of men indigenous to life, or is it a mirage, a delusion? Is there some basis external to oneself for the hopes and dreams of harmonious relations between men it's dated for him and women of whatever kind state or condition is it, is it worth it? Is it possible? Is it necessary? Do we want to come together because it's something outside of us that pulls us to that? Uh, is it worth looking at, seeing? Or are we just imagining something that's just not there, and it's just
1: not going to happen? So I, this could be the optimist in me. I don't know, but I do have this. I think that the intention of God's kingdom on earth is that we would be one, mm-hmm. as Christ and, and God and the Father, the Father and the Son are one, as the as the Trinity is is one, that we would also be reflective of that. And I think that that there's a part of us that does seek that. And I think that's something that God put in us, that there's this way that I'm not okay. This is Corinthians. Uh, when one member of the body is ill, the whole body is that's ill. That's right. That's right. And so I think that's the vision that God has for us. And it does feel like a mirage sometimes because you're like, whoa, what in the world is happening? But that the, that really what God intends, that the hope is that we would be God's ambassadors, yeah. that we would be the ones to recognize and to bring people into um, the kingdom, so to speak, and that we would be living um, and loving one another and taking yeah. care of one another. Yeah um, the way that God takes care of us. I, right. I just believe that that is what the intention is. And that even God's sal- salvation on any individual has communal impact. Yeah. Right? That it's not just, and we see this in, in scripture that when the woman at the well was saved, she ran back That's right. and told the whole community, That's right. look, come see a man That's right. told me all, all about, about myself. myself. That so her salvation, it was individual and it yeah. was personal, yeah. but it became a communal that's right. uh uh testimony that impacted others. Absolutely. And you know, go get your family, you know, mm-hmm. talk to like somebody that, prayed for me, had me on the somebody prayed line. for me. Took the time know? and prayed for me. Yeah. And My I think Lord. that is God's intention, like that's God's plan for us. We are the ones who keep, I think, um, mm. messing up. Mm. <laughs> Bless us, Lord. Help us. Help Christ us. have mercy. Yeah. But I think the intention is for us to be in community in that way. No, you're absolutely right. Jesus prayed that we would
0: be one. So what can his disciples do to become an answer to his prayer? One body, one flesh. Final question.
1: Yeah. I don't know. We have so much work to do in this regard because we right now, I feel like are so broken, but I don't think God misses any opportunity um, for us to, to, to have our eyes open for us to turn around and repent. Like I think that is what grace and mercy are about. So even as things are so fractured and crazy right now. So I think that we have to um, as hard as it is, be all the more committed to continue to do this work, uh, to continue to speak out, to continue to disciple um, one another, to to be willing to engage in those conversations, to correct people when they're wrong and not coddle them, to use that word again. I mean, we've got to go do that correction piece and not just if somebody's, um, I don't think you should necessarily do this, but you know, oh, your skirt is too short or Mm -hmm. whatever, that kind of nonsense, but you know, you, you're, that's white supremacist to, to ideology that you're talking, yeah. not the not Christ or not Christian. And we have to be willing in love to say that. Now, if you don't ever operate in love, if you always are condemning people, if you haven't journeyed with people, if you don't have a love for God's people, that's going to be a lot harder to do. But I do believe there's a remnant. I believe there's enough of us to be able to be that different kind of yeast that can spread, right? That can, that we can be the ones to begin and to continue this process of truly having us come together as one with one mind and one, you know, um, one faith. And even, you know, the, uh, Romans 12 talks about, um, being transformed right yeah. with the renewing of our Why minds. Not. And I think there are there's enough of us to, yeah. to do this work and to be the kind of influence that Christ is really calling us to be. Um, although woo, we could use some we could use some backup. <laughs> no, abs- no,
0: absolutely no, absolutely. I am definitely encouraged by this conversation and by the reminder that Jesus is praying for it. Jesus yes. is looking for us. And then yes. we can do it
1: because Je- Jesus, if we're on we're on Jesus' prayer list. Right. Right. And it shall come to pass like we we don't know when we don't know how Mm -hmm. we don't know what generations. We would have never thought there would be the first black senator from Georgia, who, by the way, is a prayer warrior. Right. Like we just didn't know that that would ever happen. But it has after all these years, it's come to pass. And I mean, that's kind of a secular example. But we are not. um, God has not forsaken us. This is just a part of the process. Um, maybe even the pruning process, right? Because we cannot go on like this no. as a church no. um, with this kind of idolatry in it, with this white nationalism, this Christian exceptionalism, American exceptionalism as part of our core. We have got to do better. And so this, I think, is part of the pruning process that God is doing. At least that's that's what I would offer um, so that we can bear fruit. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course.
0: I want to thank our guest, Leslie Copeland Toon, and extend to you, our listeners, an opportunity to know this Jesus who didn't come to separate us from them or call us to this sorting business or this sort of gospel. Invite him to walk with you not as some otherworldly cosmic figure up there who only likes us sort of or kind of, but as one with whom you are a member. One body, one flesh. You can support the work and witness of the Raceless Gospel podcast by giving to Good Faith Media. Please visit our website at www.goodfaithmedia.org. This concludes this episode of the podcast, but not so fast. This is not the end of our conversation. Let's keep talking. You know you want to. Head to our Fellowship Hour over at Raceless Gospel Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Absent in the body, but present in the Wi-Fi spirit. I'll see you there. That's it for Season 1 of the Raceless Gospel, but we're gearing up for Season 2. So don't get too comfortable because we've got to keep flushing it out. If you stayed for the Amen, then you are special. Committed. You've got what it takes to build bridges. So hear this. Since 2007, Baptists have responded to President Jimmy Carter's invitation to tear down barriers in communities previously marked by division. Communities estranged in apathy. The movement called New Baptist Covenant invites us all to become bridge builders. If you or your congregation are ready to respond to the call for reconciliation and healing, if you are prepared to pave the way for racial justice, if you're ready to walk in the way of love, then join the journey with New Baptist Covenant. Together, let's build bridges toward beloved community. Start online at newbaptistcovenant.org and on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.